Hello, everybody. It's Josie, and welcome to Documentation Not Included, episode version 2.3. It's our first three patch. It is. It, it is. This is the indispensable developer topic. Oh, this is something I've wanted to dig into. Uh, let's just say I've been wanting to dig into this. Now, thank you so much for joining us live on Twitch. For those of you who listen to us in the future on the podcast or on YouTubes or wherever it is we happen to be, I'm working on getting us on other things like Apple Play and other stuff, but they're nightmares. We hope to see you live on Twitch Thursday, 7 p.m. GMT, and we seriously hope that you will come talk to us about development or technology um, and all the other things that go with it. And once again, we are unfortunately missing Patrick. Uh, he's gone a bit dark. He's currently in the process of uh, moving, trying to find a... Uh, I think he's got a job now. I think he's trying to find somewhere to live. Yes. He's in Spain. Yeah, so he's somewhere on the Costa del Sol, probably Spania. in a bar, <laughs> getting drunk, knowing Patrick. Um, and we also <laughs> don't have a guest today either, unfortunately. Um, so no. it's just Josie and I, and we shall do our best to keep you entertained. Absolutely. And just as a quick note, next week, we're going to be joined by Gordon from Lineup Ninja. We're going to be talking about Postgres and about GraphQL. Or is it Postgre? Postgre. Postgra. I always say Postgre. Should we just... <laughs> For those of you who can't see us because you're listening to us on the podcast, we're now making incredibly odd facial expressions. So, yes, we are going to still have an icebreaker because it's kind of nice to use this opportunity to also check in on my fellow fellow awesome Chris and see how things are. So my icebreaker question is actually pretty simple, and I have this for all of you fantastic listeners and watchers as well. So please give me your answer to this. And if you set us on Twitter, hashtag, you know, DNI stream, that'll help us as well to see what you have to say. Here's my question. What one amazing thing has brought you joy this week? Oh, right. Well, I can't pass this off to anybody. I have to answer straight away this week. Uh -huh. um, one amazing thing um, that's yeah. happened to me this week is that I, um, I I was looking for work, looking for new projects, and yes. I I held I hold out for the right project, um, and nothing happens for months and months and months and months, and then. Two jobs came along all at once within two, within a day and a half, and I was offered both of them, both the projects, with some pretty big players in the dev world. And uh, what I've what I've actually taken is a solution architect role, um, working with the Internet of Things. So I am over the moon, and and I cannot wait to get started. I you know I know of the Internet of Things. I've I've played around with lots and lots of different um, protocols and all kinds of things in in my career. But it's it's actually looking specifically at a, a humongous global infrastructure and productizing a, a, a client's product. I'm it's R and D based as well, so I'm I'm just I'm over the moon. I can't wait to get my fingers stuck into it. Can you do me one big giant favor? What? Can you do me a favor to make certain that one of the things you ensure is that we can't access your site through Showdown? M my site. Any IoT device that you have oh, right. should not be accessible by Shodan. I, uh, well, I don't know what Shodan is specifically. It basically trolls looking for IoT devices that okay. you can literally, it's actually uh, RDP in specific, but there are some other things, et cetera. But just make certain that just because it's on the IoT 
that it is well protected. Well, the 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 company that I'm working for, which I will not mention, um, they are a global player. They have been doing it for a long time. They have lots and lots of IoT devices uh, in use by almost everybody in the world. <laughs> it's it's a ridiculous scale. This this particular project. Hence why I'm so excited to get my uh, you know my, my hands get into it. Um, Your yeah, I just can't wait. I can't wait. Um, there's going to be a lot more documentation than I normally do, uh, but I'm I'm more than happy with that. I'll, I'll actually quite enjoy writing documentation. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any security issues necessarily, but it is something I have to look into as part of my, uh, my part of my role. It's basically standardising what they've got at the moment. They've got loads of devices with all of these different interfaces and all of these different like real time updates and APIs mm. and all kinds of things sat in front of them, and it's essentially standardising that and making it easier to monitor, easier to monetize, and easier to productize. So yeah, I'm, uh, I can't wait. You're a, so, you're a happy boy. I am very, very happy. And I waited for it. You know, I, I stuck it out and, you know, you get to a point as a contractor sometimes where you don't know when the next work is coming in and I, you get a little Things bit down because I get to a point where I'm like, I'm going to have to take a on-site role doing standard development as yeah. part of a uh, you know part of a bigger team and that puts me in a difficult position for tax reasons and and also my sanity I, I i it's not that i can't work with the team it's that i just don't enjoy it as much anyway enough about me josie what has happened for you this <laughs> week that's uh, that's been wonderful well, I, 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 I'm going to avoid the work concept because uh, this is the last day of the fiscal year for those of us who run companies, um, and we get to start doing our fantastic taxes and everything else for the good old HMRC, mm -hmm. a little HMRC. Um, but no, I'm going to jump into uh, the game world. A couple of really, really, really cool games have kind of come out this past week, and I'm excited. So there is a game that I have been following since they got kickstarted, or since they kickstarted. Um, it's by a development company called Allison Smith. They're located out of Canada. They're a very small development team, um, but they like to create ARGs, so alternate reality games. And the game that has finally kind of come out of early access and everything is called Night Team 4. And I am tickled pink by this because Night Team 4 is a security game. Mm. And you get to play as an agent for Night Team 4, which is a subsidiary of the Black Watchmen. And there's like a whole lot of like hidden lore behind it. You can go as deep down the rabbit hole as you want to go with this kind of a thing. And there's sort of mysticism and uh, conspiracy theories and a whole bunch of other stuff, but they hit 1.0. Nice. And I love it because it actually uses sort of, sort of real life tools that you would ex experience if you use something like Kali or something like that for penetration testing. But it, it helps to teach people about everything from understanding DNS to understanding IPs to understanding how to do things like phishing or why phishing works, why it does. Like, there's a whole lot built into it. And um, I had I have a agent website because it's an ARG, so I portray an agent. And my agent writes tutorials on how to use the Stinger OS, which is their version of the interface for the game. And I've had people reaching out to me on there going, can we have more tutorials, please? Can we have more tutorials, please? And I'm just like, 
seeing an independent developer kick off is amazing. Yeah. Now, to be fair, they've done something kind of interesting. And then I'll stop and we'll move on to our topic. But um, they have uh, teamed up with governments and security companies to actually build testing scenarios. Okay. Sounds so they're actually helping uh, companies and things like that train some of their employees in the world of security and stuff. I want to make a note. I know you've mentioned this before because you said you were doing some mm. streams a while ago. I didn't realize it was early access or beta when you were doing it. Well, I've been involved with them, like I said, since Kickstarter. I'm one of their larger backers and et cetera. And I'm still working on, because they have a, a multiplayer aspect to it. And they also have a community addition thing. They actually gave the community who bought into the network access, which is an additional thing that you can purchase with it, where you can build your own networks for people to penetrate test and explore lore and discover unique things. And I've been building mine for a while. I'm not going to say anything about it other than it is going to be so amazing. And I wish I could hmm. get it done right now, but I can't. Hmm. Well, it's, it sounds very interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. I'll see you. Uh... See how how deep it goes because you've the, the way you're describing it. It sounds like it might be right up my street. When I was, you can pick it up and put it down in quick, short periods of time as well, which right. is really nice for some. It's annoying for others, but it's really good for some. Mm, so yeah, good stuff. So onto our topic. Today's topic yes. is the indispensable developer in being in bunny ears, as as Josie would say, and or, or brackets or parenthesis as as we've written it. Um, uh, it's Josie's topic, so I'm going to let her start. I have lots of opinions on this, but uh, go on, Josie, you uh, kick yes. us off. Yes, yes. This actually came from a discussion that I had with um, a developer who was working with a team, and one of their team members left. Bad things between all of the team. Like, it was not the most beautiful of um, work environments, so to speak. And unfortunately, they didn't have they didn't leave behind documentation for a lot of the stuff mm. that they did it was sort of i'm the one who can work on this code i'm the one who's going to do the code reviews on my stuff and like they were so squirrely protected spiteful development i call that and it caused it caused the company to close Ooh. because it got so like it was there was too much reliance put on that one developer. And unfortunately, the way the management structure and everything worked, they let it happen. And mm. nothing the other devs said could counter it. They're like, we can't. We can't do this anymore. Luckily, some of them got together, got another company going, and they created their own thing with a much better, broader <clears throat> understanding. Forgive me, I've got a cold. So if it sounds like I've got a frog in my throat, it's because I do. <clears throat> but they were able to redevelop again, but they had to sort of start from scratch, which apparently was probably the smartest thing they could have done because they were finally able to look at some of the code that was squirreled away and trying to understand the hieroglyphics. Yeah. Just, it was a thing. So it made me think, each one of us at some point in time has found ourselves either working with somebody who has become that indispensable pin in the machine and I have heard both positive and negative things, but I've also, as an individual, been that individual who was the one who had all of the experience of a certain type. And the loss of me 
kind of cracked things. So I want to talk about the pros and cons. And I also want to dig into, you know, how you can become indispensable without being damaging. Yeah. And I also want to talk about how you can help others around you become indispensable as well. But yeah, I'm that, that's, go, I'm that's gonna, the general reason for this topic. <laughs> I'm going to go out there right now and say that there is no good reason to become that type of indispensable uh, dispensable developer or any member of staff, to be fair. A company should be organized in such a way and uh, should work on a daily basis in such a way that they know one person is indispensable at all. Now, we're going to be using that word a hell of a lot today. It's going to mean nothing by the end of the hour, I think. Um, but I think yep. I have seen it. I've seen it a lot of times. Um, being a consultant or a contractor, I'll go into a business and quite a lot of the time I'll go into places where they have agile teams, they have lots of documentation, they have brilliant processes in place, and everybody is dispensable, really, when you think about it. But there are certain people and certain members of staff in those places that are still valuable, extremely valuable to the company. Now, those members of staff if they're in the right place and in the right company and the policies are correct within that company or they're, they're at least um, positive policies, let's say, they get treated with the respect that they deserve. They're not, don't, they don't just get pay reviews, they get the, op the opportunities to work on new things. And we've talked about being able to retain developers and keep people interested as well in the past. But I've also worked in places where there's been, there's one, one, very specific project that I worked on. Um, it was an extremely high pressure project and there was one developer there and he was lord and master of everything. Uh, I mean everything. Now when I came in to do a project, my my remit was essentially do what this developer does. We just need this job doing, right? They were essentially they were closing um, some uh, some parts of their business and they needed to migrate work mm -hmm. over to other parts of the business. Now, when I looked at what he was doing, he was using archaic languages. He was using um, archaic, unsupported, un uh, non-maintainable languages, let's say, uh, with security holes in them and all sorts of stuff. He was using um, old repositories, old types of repositories, and I'm talking about um, visual source safe in this instance, which is now completely and utterly obsolete. If anybody still uses that, please, for the love of God, convince whoever you need to, to move on to something different. Even if it's TFS, which is still awful, but if it's <laughs> if it's something like, you know, Git or something like that, something more distribu distributable. Yeah. Um, and he, he was essentially copying and pasting everything he did for every single client he had a copy of the program, slightly modified, 350 times in one big repository. And sometimes, half the time, it wasn't even pushed to the repository. It was on his machine, and that was it. And there was no backups or any. It was it was horrific. I came in and I tried to modernize the practices and, and push for a more generic system mm -hmm. that worked for multiple clients at once and give them more visibility and sped up the delivery of, of things. And obviously, he was not very keen on this. and a lot of resistance up. I've seen that quite a few times. That's oh. not 
a way to run your business. If you are letting your IT department, as much as I am an IT guy and I think I know what I'm talking about all the time and I feel like I'm perfect. You're and perfect. I don't need, and I don't need your we input. have to mention it at least once. You're perfect, Chris. I don't, I don't need input from the non-techies. You know, I know what I'm doing. No, that, that happens a lot in IT, but in the more, in the smaller departments yeah. and in the places where people are left to their own devices or rather they are trusted with the, the that silo essentially of of work it's very damaging to your business as a whole you need to have processes in place and you need to have some kind of structure there and some kind of at least middle management that understands what's going on there understands the processes and understands the code and and to an extent see it's it's interesting to me because it's not just in the development world that this happens right no definitely not it's it, it happens in a lot of different places but i think it the it world is very 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 much so one of the um most prevalent for me that i have seen now the reason for this is i can't think of a company alive today that does not use technology in some way shape or form whether it's email they have a website they use sip or like they have technology somehow some way inside of their company which means that technology has spread its little spidery fingers all over the place into the world however you know i've seen instances where server admins have been that great B-O-F-H. You are familiar with B-O-F-H? Nope. B-O-F-H, if you have no idea what this is, you're going to need to spend some time looking it up. It's known as the bastard operator from hell. Okay. And it is, um, it's a reference to the register now runs it, but the bastard operator from hell is like little written things that happened between the sysadmin and his PFY or his pimply faced youth, which was who worked with him. And they would do things like someone would call and want, you know, extra space on their Unix because this goes back. I mean, this mm -hmm. goes way, way back. They want extra space and he'd be like, fine, delete everything. <laughs> like there are so many amazing stories of just that thing that you wish you could do. But going back to this, I have actually seen, you know, the system administrators who've held things under lock and key and almost ransom or been too strict with a policy or too lax with a policy or anything else like that. Well, and that just just to, as a slight aside, and I won't go on forever, um, passwords, <laughs> not not sharing passwords for key features and things like that. That happens a lot as well. I see people who create the accounts and all that kind of, even us, even you and I, when we've created accounts for DNI, we share our passwords between us because we know how important it is to do that. But we've also used password managers and a yes. whole bunch of other security methodologies topic, but, to yeah. make it happen. <laughs> However, but yes, there there is um, that whole keys to the castle, the key, keys to the kingdom in the IT world, whether we're dealing with the hardware platforms, the DevOps platforms, the developers themselves, the, you know, the sysadmin, like the whole kit and caboodle. Now, obviously, I think you and I, and I think anyone with a, a shred of common sense can agree that having someone who is that ham-fisted about becoming the one person that you can't fire me because of X, Y, and Z, I have this, I can, you know, take it with me or what have you, that kind of individual I think is incredibly negative. And interestingly enough, there was a report recently that said that if you have one 
negative Nancy, even if they are one of the most skilled people you have, it does more damage to a company than having people who are not as skilled, but competent to do what they're supposed to do and very positive and, you know, yep. quirky type of a thing. It's actually better because that one person will destroy your like I team absolutely agree agree with that and it's scientific it is. thing was done on that and proven mm. awesome but at the same time i think one of the causes for this and i i speak as someone who's witnessed somebody i know become this hoarder of things is the fear of losing your job mm -hmm. is the fear of this market that is becoming flooded with people who have skill sets and other things that go with it that can match yours and stuff. So people want to believe that they are indispensable in some way because we're the special snowflake that they want to keep around and, you know, we'll have a job next week and it won't be like, you know, all I am is just this disposable object and I mean nothing to the company and they don't do anything for me and they build these horrible policies that just destroy my ability to have a Like, there's a... Well, let me, let me burst balance. everybody's bubble who thinks like that. You're not important. You're not a special snowflake and you do not. You are a number... <laughs> to a corporation that you work for, no matter how good their policies are, no matter how great you they are as an employer, you are disposable. You are a num and it doesn't and the, the more you try and make yourself indisposable, the more you're going to get pushed out. The more you're these days anyway, with any company worth its salt, if you if you not if they don't have that culture and they trust everything to you and you are a hoarder of that information, you'll you'll either bring them down and that's spiteful, and you're not a very nice person, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm going to call it as it is. There's no need to be like that. You are probably rubbish at your job. You're probably absolutely awful at it. Now, I did. Um, uh, I was having a chat with a, a PR guy that I, I know a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, and uh, he mentioned I was talking about this new role that I was uh, I was mm -hmm. I was getting, and I was talking about how my confidence and my recent surge in confidence, because it's not I've not always been as confident as I am now, um, is it's it's helped me get a, get these roles. It helped me get offers, and and when I get offered one, my confidence suddenly it's like getting you know it's like. Uh, it's like when you get a girlfriend, everyone seems to want you, you know? <laughs> it's it, it, that, it, that kind of thing. Um, there's something called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Now, have you heard, yes. of, heard of that? Yes, I have. So it's a psychological study that was done many years ago by professors. I'm, I don't know the exact details. We do have some links that we'll put in the show notes for people. Um, so it's essentially... Now, he drew this. The PR guy drew this on Wednesday for me. And hopefully it's, it's forwards. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. You probably you probably see it backwards, Josie. But anyway, so oh, no, essentially, I see it. right? The Dunning Kruger Kruger effect is when we are here, we You're are starting out. You're going to have out. to explain it for podcasters. Yep. So when so what we have is a graph, an x and y axis. We've got uh, confidence on the y axis, and we've got experience on the uh, x axis. And then we have a curve, and the curve essentially says that when you start out, you know nothing. You know absolutely nothing whatsoever, but your confidence is usually quite high. Now, this isn't necessarily the same kind of confidence that we extrude when we're gurus and experts. It's the it's a confidence that we don't know we we don't know that we don't know anything. So we have all this confidence that we're doing the right job and we're doing the um, we're doing the right thing in our job and we feel like we are better than we actually are. So we 
go up, all the way up, and we go up to something called Mount Stupid, which is the absolute top of this uh, initial curve. And it is where you are, the stupidest that you probably are going to be within your entire career, and you know the least you do in your career. Then you start realizing, eventually, hopefully, if you've got anything about you, you'll realize that you are um, not as intelligent as you think you are. So you'll start going down in confidence, but you'll learn more and you'll learn more and you'll learn more. Now that I can't remember the name of the peak, uh, the trough, I actually have a, um, again, one of the links we'll put in the show notes has a good example of this, uh, of this graph. There's um, also a fantastic Ted talk on this about how stupid people just, the, it, there's a whole lot behind it, but yes. Yeah. I mean, most, most people, I mean, the studies, apparently things like 60 to 80% of people are, are essentially at the top of Mount Stupid most of the time, you know, and a lot of them don't ever descend Mount Stupid. They just think that they're brilliant and they don't understand when they get reviews, you know, if they're employed, they don't understand when they get the yearly reviews that they're getting negative things and they say, well, you don't know how to program. You don't know anything about programming. You, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm. so eventually once you've hit this trough, you realize, oh, sorry, you start, le you, you've learned a fair amount by this point. And then you start getting more and more confidence as you become an expert, as you become a guru. Now, I like to think, I like <laughs> to think that I am now raising, I am at this point now, I'm still not up here because I still don't have uh, that much confidence, but I'm starting to re, I'm just getting to a point, I've been doing it for 20 years. I don't know everything. I certainly don't know everything and I'm always learning, but that's half of the skill. Yeah. The people over here at the very beginning of the graph, they don't realize that they have, um, they don't have the skills to realize that they are, uh, they know nothing, which are the skills that you need to be able to learn something. Yes. <laughs> now, the, there are studies that the, the, the links that I'll put in, in the show notes uh, explain this Including a lot better than I do. as well. Yeah, I mean, go for that. I mean, this is the thing, you know, I, uh, when it comes to being the, the person who's indispensable, I think when you're in a company, they're going to put value on certain metrics and that'll either be things you get in your performance reviews or things that'll happen with, you know, your manager or whatever. And this even happens with us as freelancers, mm -hmm. because even as freelancers, you know, we're held to certain standards. There are certain bars that we're held to, et cetera. Um, and I think, to me, if I were to say what makes someone indispensable in a team to me, it's their interpersonal skills and their yeah. willingness to learn. It's their ability you know? to, to socialize in a, in a professional environment and remain professional and not necessarily get frustrated because somebody disagrees with you. Disagreements aren't, the, but you don't need to be defensive no, at all. No, I... I I, if I could define the ultimate indispensable personality to me, it's the sponge. You yeah. know, they're the person who sits there and absorbs and absorbs. And then when you squeeze them, they eschew whatever it is that they have absorbed and it helps to spread out, you know, information. I can't believe I'm describing people as a sponge, but that to me is what makes someone indispensable. But I, I understand that. That's a good analogy. I, I like it. I think going back to what you were saying about, you know, the effect and everything else that goes with it, there are, um, I think, unfortunately, that 
in a in such a high skill level environment you know getting into what we get into yes you can dabble into but if you really want to get into what the types of things in the development world devops sys administration etc you have to get specialized you have to learn you have to pick up the jargon and other things that go with it but because that skill level is so high you know i think that there are a lot of people who find themselves relying on other people's opinion of themselves mm -hmm. to help them understand whether they get it or not. And unfortunately, there are toxic working environments. So you could think, you could be, you know, at that, that you've passed Mount Stupid, you know that you know nothing. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have so much to learn, which means you're going to take on whatever they teach you. But if you're on an environment that beats you, that belittles you, yep. and you, it can be so subversive. I know somebody who um, was in an environment, this person has, gosh, going on 20 plus years of skill under their belt, and they would literally say, here is what you're asking for for this project. Here are the requirements that I am going to need from you to make this project happen. Here are the risks. Like they did the full scale yep. thing. And after they were finished, the response they got back was, you don't know what you're talking about, but it was done in a way that was really wrong. It was condescending. Oh, thank you so, so much. Great. That's wonderful. Thank you for your input. And then they would get the plan and everything else like that. And it nowhere near included the concerns, the risks. They had a, a less date, um, less resources. Like, it, they completely ignored what they said. So this individual started thinking, I don't obviously know what's going on. Wait, no. They kept fighting. They're like, look, 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 no. I know what I'm talking about here. I have been in this industry for a long time. I know what's going on. You got to stop that. And still, they were overruled. And of course, in this particular case, the individual was terrified of leaving of terrified of making the company dispensable yeah no no there is you know that that i that way of thinking i can understand it i've never really had that because i've i was self-employed when i first started working and then not I everybody employed. has that confidence no though, no you know? i i've never felt like that but i know people i know lots of people especially um some of my very close friends who are developers who talk about going contracting and then i talk to them about in fact uh, i was talking to thorno that we had on last week about contracting and he was showing an interest and and i and i wasn't not saying he's i'm not saying he's jumping ship or anything I, you know i'm sure he, he's fine where he is but we was talking about it in quite a lot of detail and he he didn't realize it's a business when i'm contracting i am a fully fledged business person you know i run i i i pay taxes like a business i run run my company like a business i interact with my clients like a business and a lot yeah. of contractors don't do that um lost my train of thought <laughs> we're talking about the people who find themselves stuck yes and unable to either move on or they don't realize just how and it comes down to confidence the environment it? and it, it comes down it, to confidence it comes down to am i going to get another job yes you are going to get another job because if you don't sorry if you if you leave where you will be in a fight or flight mode by default and you will be applying for jobs and you will try you will improve yourself you will go into an self-improvement mode where you 
you know, you think, right, what's wrong with me? Why aren't I getting interviews? Why aren't I getting jobs? Is it my CV? Do I need to update my CV? All of these things. And, and I've been through it and I go through it every single year whenever I need to look for a new project. But I improve myself every year by See, doing I that. think I think there needs to be an understanding here. Um, and then I'm going to get to Athrakal's comment because he's he's adorable and it's it's worth mentioning his comment and he's talking to us live, so he gets he gets to say. Yep. There is a big difference between freelancing and working in the United Kingdom and freelancing and working in the United States. Okay. In the United States, every job is pretty much at risk. You don't yeah. really have the right to work. You have the I'm lucky to be working contracts. Most contracts over there will have things like, you know, we'll give you, we don't have to give you notice. We can just let you go for whatever reason, because that's the way things work. There is a level of uncertainty there. And then here in the United Kingdom, recruiters are a little different than recruiters in the United States. So I can tell you, if you are in the IT world and you really need to get out of whatever environment you're in and you happen to live sort of in the United Kingdom area, recruiters will eat your mailbox up. Mm -hmm. They'll eat your voicemail up. Mm -hmm. They will do everything they can. Now, obviously, you have to be strong and put your foot down because they will try to do all kinds of things yes. to you. But there is a much higher chance of them finding you a job at a really good price. Whereas in the United States, recruiters are a little harder to find. And sometimes you've got to prove that you have a specialized thing. Like, it's not the same. I imagine it really isn't. I mean, this is what I mean. In the UK, I, I, I recruiters for the contracting industry are very, very similar to recruiters for the permanent industry. It's just slightly different business terms. Really, mm. they don't fully understand what we are as contractors either. Most of the time, no. And and oh, you know what they'll do? They'll sit there Everything. and they'll go, "Hey, guess what? I've got your CV. I'm going to slightly modify it before sending it off." And this is why. And, this is why ooh. last year I made the decision to make my CV in InDesign, Adobe InDesign, and created in a as a PDF and secure it. Uh, password security yet so they do not have that option now and every sing almost every single agent will come back to me and say can you send me a word version of this one no because you're going to modify it and i do not want you uh -huh. to modify it this is my brand this is my business <laughs> this is my thing now i'm happy to give you a version without contact details on because i understand that you don't want the clients to contact me directly that's okay that's a business concern that's fine but in terms of modifying my cv no Absolutely not. Now, if they they can override it, you can crack PDFs, you know, but it doesn't they happen to... They can just rebuild it in Word. They can, but it's very difficult with my CV because it just does not work in Word. Um, and I've disabled copy and paste as well, so <laughs> they can't do any of that. Um, but, Screenshot! Yes, yes. <laughs> and it does, it does happen. And I saw, actually, with a number of jobs, they usually just put logos at the top and things like that. But I don't want yeah. them to modify the content. That's the... the well, yeah, anyway, but you know, but it, it, it goes. What it does is it goes back to this concept of um, what people feel they're worth, mm. and what people feel is you know viable for them. I think it is a good idea to become people person indispensable. It is not a good idea to be the hoarder and the keeper of all of the keys. I think it is very important that you pay attention to your work 
policies and actually pay attention to how the culture works because there is something to be said for people being forced into the hoarder role. Because one thing we haven't talked about is the individual who is brought in to take care of insert tech here, be it development, be it website, be it, you know, server administration, whatever. And no matter how hard they try to share all of the information so that they are not indispensable, a company will force them. That does happen. I have seen that happen before as well. Oh boy, does that happen. Mm -hmm. So we haven't really tackled that side of it. No, I mean, you touched on, um, uh, you touched on some some of the key points of making yourself indispensable, but not being a, excuse the language, twat about it, <laughs> you know? Not being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Not being a dick. So taking pride, <laughs> taking pride in your work, sharing your knowledge with other people, especially, I mean, if you're the only developer there, then you've got no chance really, have you? Yeah, you know, the glass eye effect is something that I deal with a lot with the, the stuff that I do. It's the, I don't want to know, just do it. Well, not necessarily sharing, (laughs) you know, face-to-face. I mean, like, sharing with documentation, sharing with good documentation. Now, this, unfortunately, this... If you hire somebody... You know the the adage, um, if you you pay peanuts, you hire monkeys, that kind of thing. If you you get a junior in as your only developer that's working on your centralised systems, that developer is not only going to be too inexperienced to know that you know this whole curve thing that they they, they don't know what they're talking about mm. and they're going to start hoarding things and they're going to start wanting to keep hold of the job and they're going to start thinking that they're going to get institutionalized in a way as well because they're young and they don't really know you know kind of what they should do as a developer but if you get someone experienced and you pay a little bit more money you get somebody who is by default understands that your business needs to be supported and maintained going forward, understands that we are fallible as, de- as developers, understands that I might get hit by a bus tomorrow, you know? You're going to need to know yeah. how this runs. It's not all about me. Now, that kind of person is indispensable because they support your business going forward. They support your long-term plans. If you get somebody who hoards, they care about themselves. Yeah. Now, I'm talking, I'm talk, I've, I said before that you're just a number within a company, but it kind of goes both ways, you know? You work in a symbiotic relationship. You get paid, however you get paid, whether you're a contractor or you're, you know, self-employed or you're or an employee, you still get, you, you get remuneration, remuneration for, uh, for providing service or providing services, however you look at it. Mm-hmm. And as part of being a professional human being, you should be providing the services correctly and part of that is sharing your knowledge you know always always be learning always be adaptable make sure that you're you're uh, learning new things as you need to and and making the right suggestions with your company now if they're falling on dead ears then yeah you probably need to get out of that job because you're not (laughs) going to have the support going forward and you're going to get very bored and you're going to run into a stagnation loop simple as that and it's going to drill into your confidence Mm. um ethrical said Yes. I have a lot of respect for good developers, but I also have to deal with the know-it-alls. Now, we all have to deal with the know-it-alls. I, I, I hope I don't come across as a know-it-all these days. I, I have been that kind of developer, um, and I've, I've worked with a lot of them. Um, but I learned not to be, you know. Um, being, <laughs> being that, I support the servers and infrastructure they use. They feel they can tell me how it should be. Needs to say they learn. Now, that to me smacks a little bit of of you maybe being a bit precious about your things now i'm not having a go i'm not having a go the way that it's been written it says to me that 
It's you're a snarky not, Yeah, okay, it might be snarky, but and there is a wink after that, or a little monkey wink, or tongue sticking out. But I yes, think it's he, more... He's being incredibly cheeky, I know him. It's more he's about working together in a professional environment. And I, 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 I've said before on the show, we had the, um, Ed, the support guy, on before, um, mm-hmm. Screen Edger, and he was... He was talking about being support. I love working with a support team because it takes so much pressure off me on a day-to-day basis, and they are good at that side of things, depending on what type of support team they are, whether they're talking to customers, whether they're, they're actually maintaining code or, or fixing first-line you know, first support bugs, that kind of thing. That's really valuable to a development team that also have a huge workload of new features that need to be implemented and you know all kinds of stuff. <clears throat> but working with infrastructure, so many times I've worked with infrastructure guys who just cannot be asked with developers. They just can't be bothered to do things right or to explain to another developer that they have to do things this way because this is the process. So it's not conducive. I've had I've had people who who haven't done any work in an infrastructure department, uh, and they and they are needed because we do not have the access to setting certain things up it's it goes both ways basically you know well see this is the thing you know we live in a day and age where the number one thing everyone should be good at most people aren't taught and that's communication Mm. um you know there is i think the biggest part of communication that is lacking is actually listening. And oversharing is over communication can be a problem as well. It, it, it can indeed. But at the same time, if someone overshares but still listens, I'd take that any day of the week. When people don't listen, that's when there seems to be an issue. And it, there's, there's a, we don't live and work in vacuums. We don't. All you have to do is take one person and let's follow sort of a pipeline. Customer comes to company, salesperson says, hey, woo, yay, sell thing. And they should, and I stress should, have an understanding of what is and what is not possible or be willing to ask and talk to either the system administrators or the developers or whoever may be responsible for said projects, etc. There should be an understanding so that they can give realistic stuff. Hmm. Let us just say that they are actually a really good salesperson and they actually do know and they do communicate with their team. I know way too many examples right now where that's the opposite. So I'm purposely skipping that as our roadblock and our sort of, you know, squidgy pipeline thing. So the individual makes that sale and everyone's like, yay, it's wonderful. So we're going to need a platform in order to be do this. And we're going to need devs and we're going to need all this other stuff. And everyone's like, yay. And when they go to make the request to the management for what they need to make these things happen, it falls on deaf ears. It's no, you still need to follow this particular guideline. The project may say you have six months. I'm giving you four. Yep. No, we know for a fact that you guys, um, we've got a new, you know, project plan thing that's coming up. We need a new uh, add addition feature added to this particular thing. I know you guys have been working 14 hour days. Um, can you do it for another couple weeks? I know so many 
times like that listening side of thing seems like there's always an agenda on the side of the person who's not listening or the individual who's choosing not to listen so for example if it falls in the salespeople, i know so many salespeople who will sell or oversell what is possible or even in some cases legal mm-hmm. just to get the sale and of course that makes the higher ups happy because the higher ups are like "Ooh, money is coming in and then they look down at the developers going why is this not done yet? Why is the specification not done? And they're like, well, it doesn't fit this legal schematic in one case, or we don't have the resources to pull this off. We have explicitly said no. And the salesperson didn't listen to us. Well, can you just do it anyway? Mm-hmm. Coming from the big higher ups. And I do not know of a single company, and I'm talking come now, you and I in our freelancing, we kind of have things a little differently, but I don't know a single person in a single company where the communication flow is really open enough to ensure that doesn't happen. I think a lot of the time, uh, and I'm not going to blame it on on non-technical understanding and that kind of thing, it is a communicate. this is specifically a process and communication thing here. You get mm. to a point as a developer. I mean, I've been in a, one of my first jobs that I had. I, I had exactly that. We had salespeople that went out, and they were sale. They were downright salespeople. Nothing else mattered to them. They just needed to land that sale, and there was a fair amount of uh, illegal activity that went on as well that I'm aware of. Um, that they basically got the sale under any circumstances, handed it off to me because I was the IT manager, the development manager, mm-hmm. the the guy who did the hardware and everything else i was 16 17 at the time and ridiculous that job um and then it was i had no experience whatsoever so i just did my best and and kind of gave it to people that you know and, and, and started working on it didn't need to estimate because it wasn't really a thing to the people who were higher up but i've also been in places where they expect an estimate and they still do the same kind of thing they just land things on your desk and go right What's this going to take? And then you come back with, right, this is going to take us three months. It's going to need two new members of staff in these particular expertises. And they just they just glaze over. No, nope. you need to do it yourself. Right, well, it's going to take us eight months then. And I'm going to have to learn a new thing to do this, you know? It's, it's insane. <clears throat> the, in the end, utopian environments for developers or IT staff, it doesn't exist. No. It really doesn't. So you have to learn how to work either within the strange world that you have found yourself in or sort of be willing to do sort of migrations to find something new. But even then, there's never going to be a perfect environment. So I'd like to, because we're going to be getting close to our RTFM moment. Do you think there's any one key thing you think everyone should try to embrace in order to make certain that they themselves can be positively indispensable yes love everybody cope and cope with the fact that they couldn't find themselves in a very negative environment even if it's just one part of a team like the sales department if you're in a negative environment and there is literally no way out that you can see leave that job simple as that now I know mm. that's that's easy for me to say, but 
but I'm a contractor and that's what I do. I, I go into a, a, a place of work. I do I have my job. fired clients. I, I fire clients a lot. In fact, in fact, I've probably <laughs> fired more clients than, than I have remained with because of their working practices, because they are obtuse, let's say. They do not allow mm. you to do your job. I've... Public sector's much, much worse, but they are surrounded by all kinds of legislation, and I understand that, you know? But anyway, yeah. I think it is, it is this communication thing. That's what it comes down to. It comes down to understand, sonder, once again. I love the word. I'm spreading that like wildfire because it just, makes so, it just makes so much sense. Understand that everybody else might have an agenda. They might, they've got as, as complicated a life in, inside, and outside of their, out of their work than you do as you do and everyone's just as important as each other nobody you might be an expert uh, you might come in as a guru but you're still just a person on this planet and you're still working with other people that are struggling probably just as hard possibly even harder uh, more mm. than you are and I think it's really important to understand that with people and have that you know if, if you get asked well an unrealistic uh, for an unrealistic um, project or timescale or anything like that communicate back to the, your superiors and say to them right yeah. if that one the thing that i do these days in almost every situation is that if they say to me they, they give me eight weeks of work i say right this is going actually going to take me 12 weeks to do it what do you want to cut and there's no leeway around that what either what do you want to cut or what shall we do instead you know, if you want us to write it in a brand new framework, if it's a piece of software, you, that brand new framework has a overhead to it. Yeah. So if you really need it in eight weeks, let's write it in this old older framework that might not be as fancy and new and, and spangled and fair Shiny. enough. Yeah, the, the developers <laughs> aren't probably going to be quite as happy, but it will get done in eight weeks, you know? Yeah. It, it, there is a compromise everywhere. That's, I yeah. that's it. Compromises. <laughs> It, that, that's it is. And what I'll throw out as well, because, you know, Sonder is the realization that other people have lives and they are complicated. To me, it's about empathy. You know, you, you made, whether you were joking or not, you said love everybody. Mm -hmm. um, that is both good and bad. As someone who gets in trouble for being quote unquote called too loving because I seem to love everybody, whether I should or I shouldn't, um, you know, there is a downside to it. You know, you can find yourself being overly protective, trying to take care of somebody, but you can also find yourself being so hands off because you want this. There's, there's a fine line. I am just yeah. going to use the one thing I recommend above all other things is listen, just stop and listen. If you are finding yourself in this repetitive cycle of constantly going, this next project, again, I'm not given enough time. This project, again, I'm not given enough time. And I have repeatedly asked for more time. Stop and listen and figure out why it is they keep asking this. Why is it they're putting these weird deadlines down? And then see if you can't root the source out. I know it takes a little bit of social skills and social engineering and stuff like that. But take that sonder, that realization you have. Take that empathy and see if you could apply it to yourself and then see how you could perhaps improve your environment. Uh, one of the things that I see a lot in people is they they sit into the environment and they let themselves become 
rooted to the environment instead of trying to almost bonsai prune or trying to learn how the environment works or maybe we should rearrange the garden ever so slightly or something like be proactive in your teams be proactive mm. in what you're involved in i mean I, it's what i do as a freelancer i mean i come in i listen to the problem i recommend solutions based on whatever is asked of me same with you we have our projects we have our times we have our dates we get it done we make it uh, accomplished but i try to leave every place, every person, every client, every individual I meet better off than when I first met them. Well, you're if not that doing means your job I've if you educated don't do them, that. if that means I've supported them through their project, if that means I have, you know, in one particular case with a security scare, I, you know, didn't sleep for 48 hours. Um, but yay, everything was good because yay, I, I, I made some good choices I've, I've and set up. But, you know, my point is, be proactive. I've got to say, and this can be my RTFM, to be fair. Um, oh, boy. Yes, RTFM. Our, so our chance to complain about everything. Any company that expects their staff, and we've I think I might have even used this before, um, expects mm -hmm. their staff to work a longer working day than seven and a half, eight hours, or whatever the standard is in within mm. your country, on a regular basis, needs, needs to seriously look at itself and its processes and its resources and its profit because if you that is essentially i consider that a, a, a certain level of abuse when it comes to it i don't believe that people should work longer than the society that they live in deems is necessary because some some societies work 12 hours a day don't they you know it's yeah england you know with seven and a half eight hours that's that's our standard now if you're expecting people to constantly overwork even if you're paying them and what do you mean even if you should be paying them for that extra time in some way <laughs> shape or form uh, well that's the yeah. thing now there are going to be people that think well i've got this thing you're not you're getting the piss took out of you i've got this thing that's important and only i can do it right mm, going back to being indispensable yes nice the, tie in that is that is the most damaging way that you can think about yourself because it will in the longer term medium to long term will affect you your your physical your physical and mental relationships with your family your friends and your mental health as well now i don't suffer from mental health issues i have been down in the past i have had stress rashes and all kinds of stuff from overworking but it is not acceptable in this day and age for any company especially huge companies that have massive budgets to overwork their staff everybody should okay. be respected Taking advantage of the goodwill of your employees is absolutely shit. Abhorrent. It's, it is vile. It is disgusting. And it happens way too fucking much in our industry. Mm -hmm. It just does. And it... As someone who gets really caught up in projects and has a real hard time shutting down, we've had a discussion about this before in the past. If you notice employees that you're working with, coworkers that you are working with, what have you, putting themselves into that sort of cyclical thing of, oh, I'm just gonna go home and finish these, you know, next 500 lines of code, or I'm just gonna finish this feature on my way back, what have you. Try to reach out and get them into something else like gaming, ingress. Um, oh, you know what? Like, they can even go code out to dinner, something go, else. Something. They, they can even go off and yes. anything. 
if you love but, coding, don't just keep working on the stuff that you'll get paid to do. Work on something else. Want do- something else so you can learn something else. But at well, the same yeah. time, if someone in the company, and you happen to be one of the higher ups, notices that someone is doing something a little out of the ordinary, please give them bloody credit in some way, shape, or form. Give them credit and don't then tell them off. Take advantage of them. And then yes, tell them off in a friendly way. And then tell them. I, so I Africa's just said something so very interesting. Uh, the problem is our industry is a 24-hour business, especially in it this is. day and age. As such, it's very easy to fall in the trap. And not only that, it's also the passion that a lot of people have. Yes. Like you said, you know, if you're working on one project and you find yourself really excited, let's just say you're working on an Angular app and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is fantastic. This is wonderful. Woo. And I really want to go home and I want to continue working on it. Or like some of us who work from home, I'm just going to work past my time and not let anyone know that I've done extra work. Don't do it. Stop. Pick up a different project and work on that instead. Go for a walk. Go Take and do what you've something. Learned. Yes. Honestly, it, I cannot. I cannot describe how 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 it changed my mental health when I stopped just sitting in front of my computer all the time and I started purposefully getting up and going to do something else. Whether it is literally just a walk around the park, you know, you don't have to go. And yes. th- you don't have to get into cycling like I did as well. You know, I'm cycling 120 miles and every weekend. It's, Everyone yeah, should pig. get into guinea pigs. Everyone should. Guinea pigs are wonderful, but they're such a stress reliever. They're brilliant, lovely little things. But anyway, um, honestly, it, it's so important as a developer to, to try and get away from your PC and away from your screens. I've uninstalled Facebook on my phone. I've, I don't use my phone for anything unless I really need it you know I, I try not to look things up you know because we're all guilty of who's that on the telly there I, I've seen him in something that's IMDB him and I try not to I try and just live in the moment now and try and remove myself from screens as much as I can he says at eight o'clock at night still doing a stream well, this, is the thing. this is a hobby thing this you and I hobby. are not yes. sitting here doing documentation not included 24 hours a bloody day I've I've been down that road before I've fought that in a different way never again um, but you know what it comes down to is simply pay attention to each other have empathy listen and actually be proactive in your environment mm-hmm I'd love to address the 24-hour thing if you think we've got time. A 24-hour... Oh, 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 we've just lost Josie. I thought she was uh, looking a little bit static there. So I'm going to continue anyway. So she will be back shortly. She was having internet issues earlier, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that it's just happened, just at the end of the show. But the 24-hour thing, Ethricol, yes, we do run a 24-hour industry. Uh, we, we are constantly providing services, um... So, she's back. She's back. Um, so I was just I was just going to address the twenty four hour thing before we close. I think. Also, um, my RTM for this week. Fuck you, Windows, for not allowing me to control my motherfucking downloads. You have screwed this show over for me. Die in a fire. Hey, we're okay. two two minutes away from the end. Though. I was just saying it's. Uh, really yes, lucky. but you have no idea how many times I've been sitting here and I hear this little. And then you spit out all of this stuff really fast. Sounds slightly like a chipmunk. Oh, well. You know. Um, so, yeah, the 24-hour oh. thing. We, we, we do live in a 24-hour industry, but that doesn't mean you have to. Now, if your company, no. if your company uh, needs to pay somebody or needs to employ somebody that is going to be on call, then that needs to – that's all. That's on you to make sure that it's a fair contract as well. It's a fair 
uh, deal. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that every night of the week. If you're on call and it's, I don't, I don't know how on call. I've, ne- I would never agree to an on call contract. It's not something that's on call is interesting. On my... Now, it depends but, on who you're with and the kind of contract and stuff like that. But I can speak on call about a lot of things. But anyway, go on. So, I mean, on call, I, again, I understand it and it's fine to do that, but it needs to be fair and it needs to be healthy. You cannot say, right, I'm on call now for two weeks and I'm working a full day job. You need to make sure that when you're on call, you're getting time off for it. And I'm sure you are. I'm sure mm, most responsible companies do that. It depends entirely. Um, there's a type of compensation that is known as you get extra money or extra time, time or extra hours or time in lieu or things like that. Mm-hmm. So it depends entirely. I will state, though, I I have seen... I think offering extra twice. money is damaging, actually. I have seen... Well, they have to compensate them somehow. But that, that off that that incentivizes people to overwork as well now there is there are laws in in this country in the uk that state that Mm. you cannot work but you can also opt out of those laws which i have signed those kind of opt-outs previously in previous jobs never work too long but it's about you you it's about your confidence with your employer and being able to tell them we'll have a conversation about this whole 24-hour cycle i think that would actually be fantastic and in fact ethical you should totally come be on the show with us as we talk about the 24-hour cycle because mm. you're a sysadmin and you know what it's like to be on call Absolutely. so you know let's get you on and come talk about this 24-hour cycle because i think it would be absolutely fantastic um but yes so we really want to keep going but i'm going to draw the line here do you know why because it's the end of our show. Thank you, everyone in Twitch, for being here live and chatting with us. Ethical, you are amazing. You have lots of things and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we should totally have you come in and chat. And those of you also who have commented that we haven't said anything, and those of you who are watching who haven't commented, we love you. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Please do not forget to head over to our website, www.dnistream.live. It is pretty. It is beautiful. It's not that it pretty. Is... I-, I enjoy doing Shh. it. It's not pretty. It's pretty to me. So shishinish. Oh, okay. Shish kebab, as the case may be. I have something connecting and disconnecting. I'm going to okay. have to deal with it. Anyway. We can still hear you. We can still hear But yes, um, anyway please go to our website. You can find links to our Discord, our Twitter, our YouTube, our GitHub, and all that other fantastic stuff. Uh, yeah, our GitHub is github.com forward slash documentation not included. I haven't done anything on it this week, but uh, I'm also working I, on a website. I haven't a done website. anything in forever. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm working on another website at the moment for a local charity, so I'm, uh, I'm quite... Yes, and speaking of, after the show, I've got something to show you to just make oh, everything really quick, and you'll just stuff. be like, oh, okay, so I'm done. Um, uh, so pretty much o- just the way it works. You can, always f- <laughs> you can always find us on Twitter after DNI stream, and we post uh, random bits of dev humor, although that hasn't been happening too much recently, because uh, we've been busy. too busy, too, too many things going on, and uh, we also, also do show announcements um and then yeah, yeah next week we have a new guest don't we we do as a reminder gordon is going to be joining us from lineup ninja uh which is fantastic uh, it's somebody who i've known for a while that my husband met at his job i kind of consider him to be like a genius but that's just <laughs> me no doubt he'll sit there and say i don't know what i'm talking about but he's one of those individuals who i just look at and i'm like you're smart 
<laughs> you're you're smart where I'm SMRT. You're smart kind of a guys. But he's so lovely. But we're going to be talking about Pogre. And oh, we'll be great. talking about Open Gel. <laughs> I think we can say that. <laughs> um, and yes, we... Uh, ho- hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be joined by Patrick again. Uh, if he's settled. Fingers crossed. Uh, it would be lovely to have him back. It would indeed. Um, but that's it. That's us for this week. And we are only slightly overrunning. But that's because you wanted to go deeper into the 24-hour topics. You so, can't blame me for that today. Didn't blame that anybody. is totally on you. <laughs> anyway, we love you all. Have a fabulous one. We will see you next week. 7 p.m. GMT. DNI stream on Twitch. Bye-bye. Bye.